Angelo shoots it deflected right in. Peter Angelo save rebound. Nasty stop by Peter Angelo. I don't believe that save. Neither does Peter Nasty. He can't believe the save that Peter Angelo just made on him. As Frankie sparkling on that maneuver there to stop and rob Peter Nasty. He should get five to ten for that. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Tendy Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I'm your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with brothers Mike and Josh of the Pillow Talk by CWGA Podcast. This is a fun one as I get to the bottom of their podcast and why they started it. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Mike and Josh. Hey, fellas, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's uh, fun fun to get you on here and talk some podcasting and goaltending and anything else that comes up. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, and we won't talk Packer football now that your brother's in uh, Wisconsin because that, that's just depressing. Yeah, that's – thank you. That's great. Oh, wow. I, it's, it's, it's been a tough one for me, that's for sure. Yeah, my, my – daughter is a Packer fan and I don't appreciate it. Um, but it's because she watches the games with my father-in-law and he grew up in, uh, international falls before the Vikings were around. So the only option at that time for him were, were the Packers. So it's like, okay, it makes sense for him. I can't be too upset that my daughter <laughs> likes the team she watches or, you know, with her grandpa. Cause that's why I'm a bears fan. I grew up in Chicago and I would watch games every Sunday with my grandpa. So there's that emotional connection, even though the yeah. team's been terrible, but it's like, God, the Packers, like, I, I feel like I'm failing as a parent every time she comes <laughs> downstairs wearing her Aaron Rodgers jersey. Oh, well, I think it's a step in the right direction that you're still calling her your daughter. Yeah. Well, she, that's, she that's does at least good. She does like the Cubs and the Blackhawks, so like I got two out of the three. That that's why she's still my daughter. Well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, th- th- there is that side of it. So you know, b- before you hopped on, your brother was saying, you know, you guys both grew up uh, playing your hockey in uh, Princeton, uh, mm-hmm. not not too far from me. In fact, uh, my first job out of college was working on the newspaper in Forest Lake, and we had a paper out oh, there wow. in Princeton, Amalaka, and uh, every now and then. Uh, me and the, those two guys, we would say, hey, I, I got this game. You know, state tournament time is when we really helped each other mm-hmm. out. The fellow up in Malacca really liked covering wrestling, so he would go there, and he's yep. like, all right, but I got these two swimmers at the swim meet. Can you go over there as he can? And so we were always helping <laughs> each other out in that, that regard. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So are you guys both goalies or just the one of you? Yeah, so I uh, I chose goalie right out the gate. Um and uh, and Mike was actually a skater up until recently, and um, we will forgive him. He made the switch yeah. over, um, <laughs> but but yeah, I've been I've been true to the craft since the beginning. Yeah, so let's back up a little bit then before we even get into why both of you became goalie. Uh, how did you get started in the game? I mean, yeah, you, you grew up in Minnesota, and especially up in a place like Malacca, you know, winter. There's the outdoor rinks, but you know, what, what drew you to the game of hockey? Yeah. Um, I'll take over this one, Mike here. So, <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, it's really the classic Minnesota story. You know, our grandma lived on a lake, um, yep. near Monticello. So we grew up skating, you know, we probably skated out of the womb. Um, and, uh, our dad 
was a big hockey guy. So, I mean, I just remember watching hockey growing up. Like, there was never football on in the household when we were younger. And uh, I think well, that's because it was the only option was to watch the Vikings. So, right. <laughs> but those were tough years, you know, because we didn't have the North Stars and, yep. you know, the Wild weren't, weren't on the scene yet. So, you know, we ended up watching a lot of different teams. But I think the second dad could enroll us in in mini mites that's where we were and and uh it just took off from there so you know you bring up a good point that i think some people forget about with minnesota i mean there, there's a generation a small one but a generation there that you know there were no north stars the wild weren't around you didn't even have winnipeg um to cheer for you know who who was your team at that time it couldn't have been the hawks because stars fans hated the hawks couldn't be the Blues because they didn't like them, but not as bad as the Hawks. So, I mean, who were you guys kind of pulling for at that time? I feel like that's when college hockey was really just kind of at the forefront of a lot of yes. things. Like, every, everyone just cared about, like, the the U or, or you know, just as college hockey was seemed like the big thing. Yeah, and, you know, I, I like that you say that because when I started going to school down at St. Mary's, uh, it was the first year the Wild were playing. Mm-hmm. But the Gophers were really still that team. Like, everybody yep. cared about Gopher. You know, Friday, Saturday night, it, it was the Gopher game. And, you know, internet existed back then. I'm not going to say I'm that old that it wasn't around. But, but <laughs> after our after our varsity games on Friday, Saturday night, it's like, hey, we, anybody know the Gopher score? You know, mm-hmm. it, it was always trying to find – some of my teammates, they had, you know, high school buddies that were playing for the Gophers at the time. But then – you know, St. Cloud and, you know, Bemidji and all those schools. It's like people were following them. And I, I, I think uh, we miss that now in Minnesota is how big college hockey was. I went to a gopher game two years ago. It was right before COVID. And, like, the student section was terrible. We had bigger student sections at St. Mary's, and we had a student body of 1,200. 12, you know, it's like right. it was – almost sad that it's not as big as it once was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, I think our paternal grandpa had at least some sort of season tickets. I just remember growing up, we would go to a Mm -hmm. lot of gopher games. Those are probably my Mm -hmm. closest memories of organized hockey. But uh, after that, I think I maybe cheered for the Red Wings a little bit. And it more had to do with Osgood than anything if we're going to go there. but <laughs> And we can go there because, you know what, <laughs> even as a Hawks fan, I appreciated Osgood. Oh, yeah. um, I think he gets a raw deal in the Hall of Fame discussion. Uh, I'll, I'll fight tooth and nail and say he belongs in the Hall of Fame. You know, a lot of people say, well, look at the team in front of him. Well, the team in front of him isn't that good right? if he's not back there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they knew they could take chances because he was back there. Now, if you got somebody else in the net, they're not taking those chances. They're not scoring those goals. Um, but yeah, I was, I was good. I liked him best when he was in, uh, Long Island. I, yeah. I, I didn't like him when he was in St. Louis. Didn't like him when he was in, uh, <laughs> Detroit, but I, I, I have an appreciation for him. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh, you decided to uh, start playing goalie. What was the reason? Was it more just there wasn't one and, you know, hey, somebody need to get in the net? Or what, what was it? 
Yeah, I mean, listening to to a lot of your episodes back, I think my reason is a little bit more ne- unique in the way that um, growing up, our dad, um, our dad has never had vision in his left eye. He was born with a um, some sort of medical condition where his his eye turned to bone. So yeah, whenever he would talk to us about when he would play hockey as as a young kid, he always wanted to play goalie, but he was never good at it because he didn't have the the depth you know, or the reaction because he only had the use of his right eye. And mm-hmm. so whenever, you know, we'd sit in the car for 30, 40 minutes and talk about, about hockey, it was always, you know, dad wanted to be a goalie. So um, I skated out the first practice and then the second practice coaches like anyone want to play goalie. And I was just like, let's do it. And uh, uh, because of that, because I was like, you know, you know, dad, dad's my idol. I, I want to do what dad wanted to do. So, so let's strap him on. And uh, I never looked back. But then your brother, because I'm just not saying the, the mustache makes you look older, but you, <laughs> I'm guessing you're the older brother. So it wasn't the classic all on the, the younger brother that uh, got thrown in there. So, But that makes sense. <laughs> and then, Mike, you come around and you didn't want to follow in your big brother's footsteps right away. Um, what, I think I did. Um, with you? Yeah. Uh you know, it was it was the tendy house for sure because you got you got dad just always loving goalies, brothers playing goalie. I remember playing a few games um, as goalie, and I just couldn't sit still. I couldn't do it. I was way too hyperactive. I mean, still to this day, like the best part of my game has always been uh, my skating, and uh, I just love skating way too much to sit in the net. Well, in some people. I hate when they tell me that, oh, you're a goalie, you don't do much skating. It's just like, yeah, we do. We we just do it in a confined it's just, area. Yeah, it's just way different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's way different. And um, one of these days I'm going to learn how to move when I'm, you know, the, like the way kids move today when they're down in the butterfly on their pet, I can't do that. I, I wasn't, I when I was learning to play the position, we were being taught skate saves and two paths stacks so yeah like i just i don't have it in me that footwork but you know the, the way kids play the position now yeah that skating's there it's just in a different way yeah, um, yeah. but but you play goalie now <clears throat> what was it that you're like you know i've been doing this wrong my whole life it's time i do it right <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i think it's always been like something especially you know i took a took quite a few years off of a hockey after like getting out of, out of college and leaving minnesota and everything and um just started getting back into it and i think there was just um there's something about it that uh i always just loved i always loved the conversations um that my brother and dad had about uh mm-hmm. playing goalie and um always like had such a huge respect for just the position and and um obviously growing up around some goalies and, and playing on teams, it's like you always just have respect for goalies and um, just seemed like, I was like, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm getting getting older. Uh, I'm getting tired. <laughs> it seems like uh, a, a position in which, like, um, I could get injured a little less in and um, which has been, I don't know, maybe maybe just different kinds of injuries uh, yeah. I've been dealing with since playing goalie. But um I don't know. It was just like, it just felt like time. It was like time to just put the pads on and see what it was like. And, um, 
yeah, it's been just like super, super fun to learn it, uh, learn the game in a whole different way. Now, have you two played against each other yet? No, no, we haven't. Um, I obviously live in Wisconsin. Mike still yeah. lives in, in Denver, but um, it's kind of funny. Uh, my wife and I had our first kid about a year ago, but my dad's screensaver on his phone is Mike and goalie pad. <laughs> so you can kind of tell how we how we raise. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think we've skated. I mean, we 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 shared the ice earlier this summer, just doing some coaching and stuff. But we haven't um, played anything like competitive for quite some time. Yeah, you you'll have to find a weekend tournament somewhere and just do it for that reason. <laughs> yeah, so someone's got to stop having a broken arm before they can do that. But hey. We all have excuses, <laughs> you know. I'm and that's re- what that, and that's what they are excuses. Yeah, I'm almost it, recovered. I'm feeling- <laughs> As the brothers used to tell us in high school, is we all have uh, excuses are like buttholes. We all have them, and they all stink. <laughs> <laughs> now they, they they may have said things a little differently, but th- that yeah. that was the the gist of it. And it was like, yeah. okay, yeah, fair enough, guys. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you, you guys grow up in this hockey-centric family. You know, Grandpa's got the tickets to the Gophers, which is great because for, as we said, a long time, you couldn't get a ticket. Um, when I first moved here, I wanted to go to Gopher games, but there just weren't tickets. And now it's like you can go every game if you want. Um, then then you guys start playing, skating the ponds, um, you know, and, and you're still playing. And you decide, hey, let's start talking about – the position and let's start this podcast. Like where, where did that come from? I think it started a lot from just, uh, I, I started playing goalie and started calling Josh every, I don't know, like every single time I was on the ice and I was like, Hey, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I need so much help. Um, and we just were having conversations, like really long conversations about the position and, um, you know, about the, the just the, the logistics of it. Um, you know, your, your angles, how you're playing the puck, all these things and trying to figure it out. And then talking a little bit more in depth about the game. And, um, and Josh actually had the ideas like, Hey, maybe we should start recording these conversations and, and putting them out there. Yeah, it was, I mean, I've been a goalie coach for probably 10 years or, or so now after I stopped playing, I, I started coaching in the cities with you know, Stoppers, Goal Crease, Mega in Blaine, Velocity and in Eden Prairie. And then when we moved to Wisconsin, there was no goalie coaches over here. So I just started my own company. And I think about goalies 24-7. You know, I'm, I'm with kids on the ice all the time. And, and uh, you know, as, as, as brothers, me and Mike actually were quite close growing up. And, uh, you know, when now that we're a bunch of states away, we, we try to stay in touch as much as possible and talking about hockey was just another excuse to, to, you know, catch up with his life. And I've got a lot of, uh, you know, opinions and suggestions on, on the position and, uh, Mike (laughs) somehow wanted to hear about that. so (laughs) So yeah, we would call and send each other drills on social media and all this stuff. And then he started recording himself and sending me those, amazing videos 
that <laughs> that we need to share more of. But uh, I'm I'm just slightly better now, just slightly. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a contractor at 3M, we we had a term better than bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely better than that. I, I think yeah. so. Um, no, that, that's cool, and it, it's nice that you know. Mike, as you started the position, like you had somebody to talk to because there's so many beer league goalies that don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah, there's this whole plethora of YouTube videos. You know, Ingle Magazine is a great resource. Um, you know, there's all those tools, but to actually talk to somebody mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm experiencing this. I notice, you know, as I try and push off, this is what I'm feeling. What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, to your point, sharing the videos. Yeah, there's platforms out there where you can send in your videos but you got to pay an arm and a leg for it so it's, it's nice that you, you do have that uh resource and you know josh i mean we're goalies we just like to talk about this position so it's like anybody that's going to listen to me and think i know what i'm talking about <laughs> even better absolutely <laughs> yeah and it's been great too like because I, I play in a couple leagues and i still skate out in, in one and, and play goalie in another and um even like skating out is great because I, I can, you know, the, the goalie that that's in the net is a newer goalie and it's like great to even share, share stuff there too. Cause it's, you yeah. know, it, it's kind of fun between periods. You like, he'll skate up to me and be like, all right, like what should I done here? What, what should we do? And then we get to talk, you know, goal a little bit kind of in, in between periods. And um, yeah, it just like expands the game more. Since you've been playing goalie, when you do play out, have you noticed your defensive game change any, you know, kind of play in that offside, you know, back door for the goalie a little bit, uh, picking up on those things. Are you still? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to um, be I'm, Wayne Gretzky and just play the opposite side of the red line. Yeah. I mean, I've never been much of a defenseman. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that part of my game has changed a lot, honestly. Uh, there, there's I will, a head shaking yeah. no from your brother there. Yeah. That, that part hasn't changed. I will say, um, the goal scoring has increased for sure. Like there's a lot of things where I'm like, Oh, I know exactly how like the, the shots that are really hard for me to save. And I know exactly what I hate facing. And then I'm like, oh, those are the shots I'm trying to take now. And it's just like, I'm like, wow, I'm scoring way more goals. now. This is great. Well, that, that's a great point that I don't think a lot of people, you know, when goalies are at the bench trying to tell their teammates, Oh, try this, try that. They're like, what do you know you're a goalie? It's like, well, yeah, but I'm seeing what the other goalie's doing. Yep. And, you know, so you're starting to pick up on that. And, you know, I always have the thing, if you can't see the goalie, shoot the pucks. If you can't see him, he can't see you. Mm-hmm. And my teammates are like, no, we want a clear lane and we want at least 35 seconds of that clear lane before we're going <laughs> to shoot. And you know what? We have to toe drag around four guys before we can shoot mm-hmm. two. Um, but, no, that, that's a great point of just starting to see things, and you know. Are they cheating? Are they, you know, holding their glove down low and, you know, try and shoot high? Um, we, we got a kid on our team, younger kid. He used to play goalie, um, but he still wanted to keep skating. And my team already had a goalie, so he started playing out. He's like, I love this. He won't play goalie now. Like, he sold his equipment. He's like, no. It was great the first year. He was kind of on the fence, so I, I missed a game, and he was able to fill in for me. He's like, no, that's the last game ever. And I was like, ah, Jesus, kid. Um, But he's one of our top goal scorers for that reason. Like, he sees the net differently than the rest of the players because of that. Um, It's almost a shame that at the younger levels, they don't make kids play goalie a little bit more than just in mites. 
you know, I, I think there could be some benefit in squirts making them do it again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I agree with you too. Skating is fun. And that that's where working summer hockey camps is where I got my skating in is, you know, get, get those big C cuts, you know, it's just something about skating circles and doing that crossover and pulling, yeah. pulling in it. It is fun. I, I, I will agree. And it's just, it's a lot harder with like that, especially modern like that. So, I mean, old, old ones are big and bulky, but the modern ones with the thigh rise, it's so much harder to skate in than it used to be. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think the pressure thing too is, is a big thing uh, with a lot of guys who I see used to play goalie. They're like, Oh, I just like skating out now. It's easier. I don't have to think as so much, or it's like, you don't, you know, you don't feel the, the, the pressure every single game when you're playing beer league or whatever. It's like, you can just get out and have fun. Maybe I'm playing beer league wrong, so I never feel pressure. <laughs> oh, like I my feel, maybe this is a competitive nature for me. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I, I have pressure I put on myself, <laughs> but my teammates are like, you showed up. Awesome. Like that, that that's, oh, that's yeah. the most pressure on me is like, if I can't make a game, I better be able to find myself a sub. That's yeah, the well. pressure I have in the beer leagues, you know, but I, I've said on the podcast before, you know, our philosophy is if nobody gets hurt and there's beer in the locker room, it's a victory. We don't care what the scoreboard says. Yeah. So, you know, we're just out there to have fun, but yeah, there, there is that competitive side, but, uh, I don't know how far you guys played, but I, I did play Division Three JV hockey. I, I made it up to there, so there there was that competitive fire in me. Mm-hmm. And when I first started playing beer leagues, I would get so upset after games. Like I, you know, let in eight goals. Well, two were my fault, you know, because four of them were backdoor passes that I had yep. no shot on, and this whatever. And it wasn't until I was listening to the old Goalie by Garmin podcast. I don't know if you guys ever found those, but uh, mm-hmm. he was a goalie coach out of the Colorado area. Uh, he's now, I think, the GM of the Chicago Steel. Um, and uh, one of his episodes, he would just record them on his way to the rinks. They're like 10, 12 minutes long. Super short, which is awesome. But, you know, he, he kind of talked about worrying about the things you can control versus those mm-hmm. you can't like you can't control the fact that you're playing beer league and your teammates don't know how to defend <laughs> the backdoor post. Yeah. But you can take care of how you respond to that. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like that was a nice goal. I did what I could to stop it and it wasn't enough. Okay. That's cool. You know, that, that kind of changed my outlook of beer league hockey right there. It's like I can still be competitive, but I have to be competitive against myself and not the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was the psychology. The, the psychology of goaltending was something that that our father always talked about. He, he's a man of the cloth now, but uh, in his in his early days, he was a uh, he was a hockey psychologist for me growing up, and, uh, <laughs> and, and he would have his uh, his Kevinisms, you know where he would, he would say, you know, control the things you can control, but he'd say it like this. He'd say, be a duck. When water hits, <laughs> when water hits a duck, it rolls off the back. It doesn't sink into the feathers, you know? So <laughs> very Ted Lasso of being goldfish. <laughs> yeah. These are mm-hmm. the conversations that Mike's talking about hearing me and dad, where he just be in the car for 20 minutes and tell me how to be a duck. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, 
The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses at the end. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's funny you say that because there are times where in my game something bad happens. I'm like, all right, be a goldfish. You know, <laughs> it's in the past. Move on. Short um, yeah, I, I, I use know. that with, with my uh, kids too. You know, my, my son plays baseball and it's like he has a bad inning. I'm like, be a goldfish, but, mm-hmm. you know, go out, have it. You know, it's one inning at a time. Um, that's when, when I had Pete Fry on, you know, he was talking about, you know, different things because he's the goalie mindset guy. And uh, I don't think Pete and I talked about this specific aspect, but I know other goalies that he's worked with have said, you know, he said, don't look at the clock as, you know, a 20 minute period, break it up into two minute periods. Hmm. And that, you know, sometimes that, and I've started doing that in my game and that makes a big difference. It's like, all right, let me get through the next two periods of just making the saves I need to. Not stopping everything, mm-hmm. making the saves I need to. And that has changed the game. Now, the one thing Pete told me to do was not look at the clock at all and see how quick the game went. I felt like it was an eight-hour game when I did that. Um, <laughs> but I understand in some ways it makes it easier, but I'm just one of those guys. I need to see that clock. I need to know where we're at in the game. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I just I always need to know what's going on on that scoreboard. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely need to do that. I mean, sometimes there there are games where you almost have to break it down shot by shot. You're like, I just have to save the next one. But one of my coaches back in a uh, when when we played for the state championship in Bantams, he said, "You just have to be one goal better than the other guy," and that really took a ton of pressure off me. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, if you get scored on eight times, if he gets scored on nine, you still win the game. You know. That was the 80 Islanders. You know, Grant Fair said, yeah, I would let six or seven in, but I knew they were going to score eight or nine, and I needed to stop those ones when it mattered. Yep. You know. Now, Mike, for you, you know, how has that been on the psychological side? You know, because it it is tough being that new goalie. Mm -hmm. You know, as an adult, you know, I I think a lot of times the adult goalie is kind of like the, the adult that goes back to, college you know in their 30s or 40s and mm-hmm. they get more out of it you know do you have that pressure on yourself to you know try and get a shout out every game or is it more just you know these are the things I can work on yeah oh well I'm I'm a proud member of the zero shutout club so I don't have to worry about that one um it, it has been it's been tough you know there's been uh me and Josh have had a, a ton of conversations about this um 
you know, there are, there are times obviously when you're just like in that flow state and you're just feeling like you, the, the puck's a beach ball and you're just making all these saves and, and you can see so well and your angles are mm-hmm. you're tight and you're just like every rebound you're controlling. And it's like you leave the rink those days feeling like you're floating on, yeah. on a cloud. It just feels incredible. You're like, wow, I like nothing can touch me. I feel amazing. And then, you know, I, I had a game, um, this, this, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago. And I, I sent a text to Josh. I was just like, have you ever been scored on so many times? You just question your entire existence and just like the crushing weight of having like 11 goals on the scoreboard and just being devastated by it. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've always tried to be someone and we, we had a conversation on a podcast about just kind of like that, that post goal ritual, what yeah. are you doing to kind of like control the emotions, control, um, your thought process and, and get right back into the game. And, um, I think that's been a, a good practice, but, um, a lot of it might just be that like self competitive nature of like, I just, if I'm going to do something, I want to be the best at it that I can be, um, so I tend to be kind of hard on myself and, and I let, you know, for goals, it's like, I'll let myself think about it for 10, 15 seconds until that next puck drops and you have to forget about it. But yeah. And then I've always had this post game ritual. I mean, even when I played other sports like baseball or, or whatever, is always like, I can think about it for that day, but as soon yeah. as I wake up the next morning, I, it's over. Um, but yeah, That's it's, fair. it's a total different mental challenge for sure. Yeah. You know, and there's going to be those games where you let in 9, 10, 11 goals, but you feel like they got lucky to score one or two. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've had those games where the team's up eight goals, but you're just playing awesome. They're, I had a goal, a game, I think it was last year, I had like 58 shots in the game. I think we lost nine to two. And it was in the third period. And just make this save. And at this point, it was probably uh, eight to two. And the guy looks at me and goes, come on, can't you let me have one? And I looked at him and I said, look at the scoreboard. Don't you have enough already? And he's like, <laughs> I didn't re- he's like, you're playing so good. I didn't realize we, it was, that was the score. You know, there, there's going to be those games too where, the, yeah, they're putting the points up on the board, but they still feel like they're getting lucky if they get one, you know, mm-hmm. and they, and you're frustrating them. So, you know. You, you just got to stick with it. And you, your, your philosophy too, of, you know, you, you can't be upset about it. The next day is good. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've had to adopt that. And it's, it's rare that I'm upset about a goal. The, the only one that has gotten me recently that the next day I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I have it. I set a GoPro up behind that. It started probably three, four years ago when my son was a Cub Scout. Uh, he had to do, project and make a video and so we set it up and did something it's like oh this is kind of cool so i kept doing it and i've actually been able to improve my game and pick up on certain things Mm -hmm. but plays outside the just outside the blue line we have one referee so i i'm always sympathetic when we always only have one referee Mm -hmm. it's a tough deal this particular ref was horse crap all night (laughs) like to where both teams are like this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. the ref clearly didn't want to be there there was a fight in the game before and and that game they actually had two referees well she clearly wasn't good in that game either because the players were just berating her as she was getting off the ice and so i'm trying to be nice to her throughout the Mm -hmm. game you know make sure if it's an icing i'm making sure it's going all the way back to her picking up fuck all of that third period 
they're coming down, not even coming down. They're just outside the zone, and she doesn't have a view of the net at all. She can't see. She's screened. They dump it in wide of the net, and but it, like, gets the back part of the net, and she just sees the net move, and she calls it a goal. But the thing was, like, the way it pounced off the board and came out, like, either A, it went through the net, so you have to check that, Mm-hmm. Or B, it didn't go in. And even players from the other team are like, it didn't go in the net. It went wide. And she's like, Neh. And, like, I'm putting my case to her. I was like, explain to me where the hole in the net is. And she's like, I don't see one. I was like, well, then how how did the puck stay in play afterwards? Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know. I was like, because the puck didn't go in the net. And she's like, she she looks at me. She goes, "Well, what do you want me to do about it?" I said, "Do the right thing and say it wasn't a goal and have mm-hmm. a face off right there." I said, "The other team says it didn't go in. My teammates say it didn't go in. You're the only person on the ice saying the puck went in the net." And she's like, "It's a goal. Thank oh. God! Thank God the game wasn't a one goal game. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember if we won or lost, but it was like the just the didn't care. And, and my thing is like again." It's a tough job refing, whether you have two refs or not. Whatever level you're at, it's tough, especially at the youth level because parents are terrible. Oh yeah. But at the beer league level, we are paying these refs. They're making, yeah, we're we're skating at nine ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I get it, but they're getting paid to be there and to provide a service. So at least give minimal effort, not no effort. That was my yeah. thing in that one. I think that's what bugged me the most was the lack of effort and just kind of like I've already got my paycheck anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, But the next day I woke up and I had to laugh about it. (laughs) You know, I was like, are you kidding me? So I, I I saved that little clip and I I may have posted it on my (laughs) Instagram, like goal or no goal. You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I put that one on the GGSU uh, message board too. And it was like, I tried making it very clear. Like I was not trying to pick on the referee at all. Mm-hmm. Just like, Hey, this is a pretty bad call. And like, clearly there were some refs who are also goalies in that forum and they hopped all over me. And like, I was just trying to be like, Hey, no, I get it. I was just like, we're supposed to be able to share things here that are like, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what it was. And they got a little butt hurt. And so I was like, okay, well, if you're going to be that way, now I'm going to flip the switch and go into you. Why I am upset. Like mm-hmm. you're getting, and other people are like, yeah, you guys are getting paid. You should <laughs> Like, I don't care that it's an 11 o'clock game. You took it for the, you know, 50, 80 bucks, whatever. I don't know what they get. Um, but, yeah. So, we're goalies. We get off track. Your podcast. You guys alluded to it a little bit. First of all, what's the name of it so people can look it up? <laughs> yeah, Mike and I workshop this quite a bit. The name of our, uh, our podcast is Pillow Talk. And it's by my company, which is Central Wisconsin Goalie Academy. So we uh, we thought about talking about the gear and, and how they're called pillows and landed on pillow yep. talk. So. Well, and it's very important that when you are searching for it, and right now you guys are only on Spotify, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. But when you look for it, you have to put the by CWGA. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to get other podcasts 
that you may or may not be interested in, but they're (laughs) a different topic. They're a little different. Yeah, we we have a diverse listener base for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. But uh, yeah, you guys just had Charles from Bone Jet Designs on. I was listening to that Mm -hmm. last week while I worked. And uh, he's an awesome guy. You know, I, yeah. I was telling you, Josh, before we started, he and I kind of connected a couple years back. And uh, I just love what he's done with his art and how other people mm-hmm. have taken yeah. to it. His uh, build a goalie magnet sets now are pretty awesome, where I might have to get one of those here pretty soon. Um, yeah. Yeah. In fact, his coloring book, I, I, I'm not taking credit for it, but when the uh, pandemic started, and everybody was staying home. He started, you know, with some of these line drawings. And um, I had asked him, you know, if I could post one on my blog. And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. You know, because I was doing homeschool art with my kids. And mm-hmm. um, he's like, that's good. So he gave like four, I forget how many, like maybe five or six uh, that I wanted to put on my blog. And I was like, Charles, you, you need to have a coloring book. Like, th- th- this would be fun. And so now he just put out his... Uh, Second one, I think. Um, so, yeah, people need to go to his website. They need to buy some of his art. They need to get their coloring books. Although <laughs> when I bought the first one, because there's an Eddie Balfour one in there, I scanned the pages so I can color them multiple times. Um, <laughs> because I don't want to just color it once and be done. I want to, you know, be able to do it a couple times. That's, just, that's just smart right there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but, but part of me is like, if I'm Charles, I'm saying, no, Joe, you just need to buy multiple coloring books. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm not sending it out to other people. It's just for my own use. So it's like uh, the old VHS days, like you cannot make copies to redistribute. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the, the premise behind uh, Pillow Talk, as you guys mentioned, is really the two of you talking about the position um, and just kind of the the idea behind it, the, uh, excuse me, different techniques, um, you know, so you're still early on. How many episodes have you had out now? I believe the last one was seven. Seven. So you guys are closing in on, I think it's uh, the average podcast makes it to 12 episodes. So when you guys get to episode 12, you need to celebrate. I know I did. Um, <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I made that milestone of getting past 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the first few I've listened to, they're good. I, I like them. Um, and it, I, I also like that there's more for goalies to listen to. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of good goalie podcasts out there. In goal, I, I think everybody's going to agree is the, the best one to hear about the position. Um, and they get all the best guests. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, outside of that, and, you know, there's not many goalie centric podcasts. So we, we need more of them. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that there is another one out there. And it's different at the same time. You know, yeah, I'm talking to goalies, but it, it's different, you know, uh, which is good. Yeah, we definitely went into it without having any expectations of a format or I, the the only thing we know we wanted to do was do video because um, if, if a ton of people haven't done any research, Mike used to have a pretty successful camping outdoors podcast called Trail Boys. So Mike Mike's done some podcasting in the past and it was something I always wanted to do with him. 
but I wasn't a big outdoors guy, so it didn't really work. But so <laughs> when we started doing all these calls, you know, I was, I'm always kind of thinking about doing stuff for the business, you know, and I'm like, I've got a lot of youth goalies that probably don't have a lot of outlets for other, you know, goalie talk. And, and, you know, I, I believe there's a big problem in, in youth hockey where goalies kind of get put on an Island and, and they don't mm-hmm. have any support. So we kind of wanted to do something different. That was fun. That was, could be listened for everybody. So, you know, it's, it's not like a spit and chicklets and it's not like, you know, a, a bigger podcast, but we do a lot of a different stuff. We talk about a lot of different topics. We try to make it, you know, fun and, and talk about, you know, some gear and, and do our little games and stuff. And, and some of that's just for us, you yeah. know, cause, <laughs> yeah. cause we enjoy it. But I, you know, I've got moms and dads of the goalies I coach come up to me and say, you know, we, lo- we love your podcast cause you guys don't curse. It's family friendly. Our son, our daughter, or whoever loves listening to it on the way to practice. And, and that's what we really care about and, and what we like. And, you know, if you can learn something along the way, then that's a bonus. Tendy Talk, yes. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of different hockey podcasts, the new Flogging Molly uh, album, and finishing up The Game by Ken Dryden on audiobook. And it's been great. One of the reasons it's great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds Look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Some of the best features are the three customizable sound profiles, the noise isolation, and the awareness mode. I saw just this weekend one of my favorite Instagram DIYers, Philip or Flop, uses them as well. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code THPN to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's Code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. Yeah, I think we've all had, you know, um, I try not. Go on. Oh, sorry. Um, I was saying, I think, I think we've all had, uh, I mean, we all have people growing up who, who drive us to and from the rink. Like we all have had those, um, those people who, who support our, our passions and, and our game. And, um, I know we really valued those conversations with our, our parents and, um, talking about the game to and from practice and games and all that. Um, and, and that's kind of a, a big part of it, too, is just those conversations around the game and, and how it applies to just more than than hockey. Because, um, you know, we, we don't spend 24 hours on the ice. We spend an hour on the ice, uh, yeah. most of us. And um, there's so much more that you can apply to the rest of your life. And um, I think there was, a, there was a big thing. There was a big realization that I, I came to after starting to play goalie after a while and, and starting to have the first few conversations um, with Josh and, realizing like oh wow is this why you've always been so like 
calm, cool, and collected about everything <laughs> in your whole life because you had to deal with this always. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's that's a big part of the the podcast too is just kind of um, harkening back to all those conversations that we had with our our parents and, and such uh, to and from the rink. Yeah. Well, and Josh, to your point, you know, I try not to curse on my podcast for the same reason is I know there's youth goalies listening to this and some, and I know there's some that listen with, you know, mom and dad on the way to the rink. I've had dads tell me that. And it's like, they don't, you know, yeah, some, some of the guests have cursed, but it's like, we keep it to a minimum when it does happen. And um, I think in today's day and age, you know, I'm okay with that because some kids, it's like, you're going to hear it at some point, probably from mom and dad anyway. Um, I mean, we're, we're hockey players, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, it's kind of – it's a second language after a while, but – Yeah, wasn't it Cordy Howe who said all hockey players are bilingual, they're fluent in English and cursing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, still trying to keep it a little family-friendly in that regard. Um, and then, Mike, you know, you pointed something out too, is like, what we do on the ice and even talk about is life lessons that go beyond the ice. And I was having this conversation with my wife and she, she even said, she's like, when I'm hiring people, I, I prefer to hire athletes because Mm -hmm. there's just something. It's not that we're better well-rounded people, but there's just something about the way we think and the way we behave. And if we, you know, she works with a lot of salespeople. If they lose a sale, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, their feelings are hurt. They're like, okay, what do I got to do next time? You know, because we inherently, if you're playing sports, you're going to fail. You're going to fail a lot. So you get used to it and you know how to bounce back. But at the same time, you're coachable. Uh, so you, and I've, I've said this in interviews myself, it's like, I've been an athlete my whole life. So when you're telling me something, I know you're not telling me I'm a bad person. You're just saying, hey, try this and see if the results are different. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's constructive criticism. And uh, I think we're seeing more and more kids and aren't getting that. (laughs) Or if they are getting coached, it's do what you feels right. Not uh, you did it wrong. That's uh, as I'm raising my kids, I'm trying to make it a point to make sure I let them know that uh, they're not the best person in the world. They're not unique. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my, my son will, if somebody asks him, what, what does your dad call you? He'll be like, he calls me a moron a lot, <laughs> you know, but it's like, at this point, he knows it's more of a term of endearment at this point. <laughs> my mom, you know, my mom mm-hmm. usually called me butthead. She's like, what are you doing? Um, you know, so it's, Kind of the same thing with my kids. It's like you got to knock them down a little bit so they have, they're somewhat humble. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I want to be mindful of time. Uh, I, you know, you guys have listened to some of the episodes. So, you know, I and everyone with a list of 10 questions. They're the same 10 questions I've asked every single guest. And the first one is what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days? And you guys played in Princeton, so I know there has to be some. You, know, you want to start or should I start? Uh, I'm just the Rolodex is just spinning on my head. So if you got one, you go. For oh, it. I'll start. So um, we had this uh, this coach. It was in Peewee's. Crazy guy. Um, really intense. Really wanted to win. Um, 
he played in the NHL for the Blues. Man, uh, he also ended up coaching one of our other other friends at a different place. But he ended up getting fired from Princeton, and there was a, there was a practice that we had where he was so upset about a game before he ended up like lining us all up and taking shots at us. Um, definitely a memorable and I would say traumatic experience, but um, yeah, I think but about better that, for but, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> the jury's still out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that Mike. So that was very, that was good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should talk about the coach that we call Jesus or <laughs> <laughs> He was never my coach, but um, I think I gotta. I think I gotta talk about uh, my buddy's dad, Myron, who uh, who was my coach growing up. Um, we had we, Logan was on the podcast. His dad, Myron, was our youth coach for a long time, and there was a practice that we had where we were doing a bunch of skating drills. And uh, Myron said something to the effect of, "Like if I hear anyone, we, we were talking too much in the lines, you know." And so mm-hmm. he was like, "If I hear anyone else say a peep." you're going to skate the rest of practice. Well, I just, at the end of the, at the goal, I just go peep. And we, <laughs> we skated for like 45 minutes and it was all my fault. <laughs> he called my bluff. <laughs> well, and the joke was on you because not only did you have to skate for 45 minutes, but you had to do it with goalie equipment on. I was a good skater as a goalie, so. It's yeah. true. Yeah, I, I prided myself on being a good skater as well and, um, my coaches were always amazed at how good of a skater I was and how fast I was. Yep. Uh, and, and we would do a throw, we called it, uh, catch the dog and everybody be on the goal line. And then you'd have one put skater on the blue line. coach would blow the whistle. Yep. Skate a full lap. Mm-hmm. And if anybody caught the dog, then they were the dog next. And it was just kind of, this, you know, deal. Well, I always raised my hand. I wanted to be the dog. And I always had everybody until I had to make that turn in goalie skates. Oh, yep. And it was like, <laughs> everybody makes that tight turn around the net, and I'm taking the whole ice. But eventually, I figured, like, once I got behind the net, if I dug my left heel into the ice, I could kind of turn tight. <laughs> once I figured that one out, I would beat about half the kids the rest of the way. And then uh, the coach changed it that if, if I beat them, then they had to do 10 push-ups and uh, – then things got real competitive. <laughs> it's, it's very rewarding to see your skaters do push-ups because you beat them. That's, that's <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it got in some, I was good friends with some of my teammates and, Oh, it would get competitive through with us. And there may have been once or twice where a stick came out and uh, grabbed my skate this, you know, maybe trip me or yep. slow me down, but it was like, Hey, I, I get that. All, all is fair. Right. <laughs> um, so the next question, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Uh, Mike, I, I know Mike's got very – Mike's very opinionated on this one. On this one, really? I thought, well, at least style. You always talk to me about the old Jofas, the old Osgood. Oh, man, those are really good. You know? Yep. Hmm. And I knew this question was coming, too, and I didn't do any research. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, for me, obviously, like I love, you know, the new, the new goalie mask. I've got, you know, a couple Bowers and, you know, with the pro cat eyes and I love, you know, the paint jobs that come up, but they're not, 
they're not like unique anymore. Everyone's doing them, you know. So honestly, like when I think about like true goalie masks that like had some character, like I think of like Jimmy Craig's 1980, like plaster with yeah. just the four leaf clover, you yeah. know, like, like that was it, you know, that mask, you had to sit and have plaster, you know, stuck to your face for however long it take took to, to cure and you're breathing through straws in your nose yeah. and, and then you just put a four leaf clover on it. Like you, that that's something. Yeah. Well, and you know, some people don't realize some of those, not even early mask uh, that came out, but even, you know, up through, you know, the mid nineties, they were still doing plaster molds of the face. They just didn't have to put the straws up the nose. You know, they would kind of cut this part out, um, but they were still doing plaster to the face so that they could get it nice and tight now with the different foams and everything they don't have to do that it can be a little more off the shelf yeah um yeah i mean i think like as far as helmet like your mask style tim thomas has always had just like the craziest buckets uh the craziest weirdest cage configurations and everything um but one that always sticks out to me uh, as far as like paint job goes is, is Manny Fernandez's 2000, like when initial helmet, which is like the bear and the teeth come in and everything. Yeah. That, that's that a really great a, one. That was a Todd Miska paint job. He's up from uh, the North branch area. Um, yeah. That, that one I think is always overlooked as one of, to me, a classic. Oh yeah. Um, dare I say the word iconic goalie mask like that was beautiful in fact miska's son um hunter he was playing in the colorado organization last year with the eagles and he had yeah. mm-hmm. you know that but with the the colorado colors and oh it was so sweet um and then the year before that hunter had the belfort eagle because his dad painted that one too but again it was in colorado mm-hmm. colors with that colorado c right on the chin it was like oh such a cool looking helmet Super sweet. Yeah. So the next question, what's your favorite rink that you've skated at? This is a tough one. And I think we're blessed as, as uh, born and raised Minnesotans of having the just privilege of having like hundreds of rinks to like go to, yeah. you know, like moving over here to Wisconsin, there's not that many. And I talked to my wife about, you know, iconic ones over here and she like, there's maybe one, but Iconic emotionally for me would be Freiburger up in Duluth, but iconic like architecture, I would like have to go heritage in, in Duluth as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, out of state for this one. So actually um, <clears throat> I lived up in winter park this last winter, which um, for nobody knows it's so it's like a little mountain town and um, the rink up there is, is half enclosed. So like one half is, is the bleachers it's enclosed. And then the other half is all open with just big beams. And I skated there a lot and you skate there at sunset and you just have mountains in the background behind the net sun coming down. It's just absolutely beautiful. It's a, it's a really special place to skate. I was going to say something's miserable. I mean, the sun's going to get in your eyes, and, I mean, it's going to get cold. Oh, it, it, it is. Both of those things. Sun does get in your eyes, and yeah. it is absolutely cold, but it is just beautiful. 
No, I I can totally uh, understand that, and now it makes me want to go skate there. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, talking to a buddy of mine. He, he went and skated, and I think it was Austria in the mountains, and it was an outdoor rink. Wow. He's like, it was like 50 degrees out, but the ice was still great. He's like, I don't know. How, but it, it was like, in the pictures of it, it was just an outdoor rink in the middle of the mountains. It was like, that looks amazing. Uh, um, yeah. So the next question, what's your favorite goalie stick that you've ever used? And I had to put in goalie stick because I think Mike would have been like, well, I love the Eastern Synergy. The, the Synergy, one, the yes, original. exactly. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, I, I, I still have one for when I skate out on the ponds uh, and coach. Uh, funny story about it. My dad used to teach auto education for the fire service, and mm-hmm. they would get these cars to tear apart. And they always went through the cars, usually found like, you know, couple cents and change and random things and the one day he pops open a trunk and a brand new synergy socket curve never used never taped or anything yeah. so he pulled that thing out threw it in the car and when they came up to visit gave it to me he's like dad this is pretty sweet yeah. <laughs> like he's like yeah i don't know if it's a good stick or anything it's like yeah it's like a at the time 125 dollars stick dad he's like whoa that's ridiculous uh you know <laughs> Yeah, so I, I still still use one when I go skate on the ponds. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I've obviously had a lot of goalie sticks, you know, being a goalie for forever. Um, probably my favorite was my first, the first composite stick Dad ever got me was in Bantams, and, and I got the Bauer Vapor X50, I think was like the lowest model, and I, we got it in the Princeton colorway, so it was white, gray, and orange. So... I mean, before that, it was, you know, the, the, the wooden eagles and, you know, the the old coal revolutions with like the gold glittery paddle. But but I'd, I'd have to go with the with the X-50. Yeah. That was definitely like my I still have a couple in the garage. I love that. old. I, I, I would have had. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. I was going to say I would have thought being a Minnesotan, you would have had the uh, 50 pound Christians. No, if we're gonna go old school, I'd have to go Northland. <laughs> I know Christian because they're there, but I God, they were so heavy, and I just the texture of the paddle was so mm. gross. See, I gotta disagree. I, I used them through <laughs> college. I, I used we we were still getting them down at St. Mary's in two thousand three, and uh, but we were also getting CCMs at that point. All my all the other goalies were using the CCMs and. I was the only one using the Christians. And so at the end of the year, we would, at the time, we would get six, three for 20 bucks. So senior year is over. And so I was like, all right, get a couple sticks just to have. And took my $20 check to the equipment guy. And he's like, there's a half dozen left. And you're the only one that uses them. Take them, all of them. I was (laughs) like, nice. Those things last. They didn't last me as long as I thought they would because we still had uh, intramural hockey. So we, we had two intramural seasons at St. Mary's. You had intramurals when you got on campus and that was for non-hockey players. And then after the hockey season was over, we had the hockey player intramural season. And I mean, we would have fights and everything else and it was pretty competitive. Um, and so I think two or three of them broke during that season. So I, I left school only with, you know, maybe four, um, but yeah, I, I still had one of those for quite some time. Nice. <laughs> it broke my heart when the last one finally broke. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what about you, Mike? What's your favorite goalie stick? 
Yeah, I mean, I always like the the old eagle sticks, the little like finger cutout. I always think it, about those. Like, those are sick. So I just got this yesterday. It's a uh, from Pro Psychology. Yeah, the Colin, the Colin Delia um, yes. brewery turn. It's got the trigger wow. grip, and it's first time I'm using one, so I'm I'm pretty excited to try it out. Very uh, sick. Yeah, um, first time I saw it was on an eagle stick, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, right now I'm using uh, a CCM Axis uh, 1.9, which I really like. Um, I've only used a couple other sticks. Um, but, yeah, it's – I was saying, like, literally on our last podcast, and I, I'm pretty sure it's lighter than all of my player sticks. It's unreal, the, like, technology. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I have not gone composite yet, mainly because I'm cheap. They're just mm-hmm. a heck of a lot more expensive. Um, but I grew up playing with those Christians. You know, the first stick I bought was a Titan, and the thing was a log. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, I still have it, straight blade. I, I was a squirt playing with a, probably a 27-inch paddle. I, I should have never bought the stick, but it was my team's colors. I, I love that thing. I still have it because uh, Bobby Hall and Stan Makita actually signed it. Um, wow. Cool. So... The only problem is they signed it on opposite sides. So it's like you can't really put it on the wall because then you're blocking one of them. Oh, um, man. But uh, so I, I've always ha- had heavy sticks. So I feel like if I went too light, I would have the problem not keeping my stick on the ice um, because I wouldn't know. It, it just I need that weight. You'll need to mount it with like a mirror behind the paddle so you can see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, or, you know, the, the player sticks, that they have those weights you can put on them for practice. I'll, I'll have to put a weight on the, on the blade just to make sure it stays down. Uh, yeah. So the next question is, what's your favorite youth hockey memory? I know mine, Mike, so I don't know if you want to go. No, nah, go ahead. Yeah, mine's uh, pretty obviously. We've talked about it in our podcast, was was taking third place in uh, in state in, in uh, my second year at Bantam B2s. Um, really, really big season for me, like personally, went through a lot of ups and downs. We ended up winning our conference, so kind of didn't have to go through the district tourney, so kind of just skipped through there. Then regionals hit, and that was a grind, and we ended up, you know, getting to the state tourney and and uh, won our first game, lost our second game to Chaska, which is a real heartbreaker. I, Mike remembers that game pretty vividly, mm-hmm. too, but it was definitely a game we should have we should have won, and then we were going to play YZ and the champion, but uh, um, it didn't go that way. And uh, ended up playing uh, Centennial Black into a triple overtime to uh, to take third. All those all those games were actually filmed by one of my teammates' dads, so I actually have a DVD of all those games. And I made a pretty sweet splits glove save from a blue line clap bomb that that still lives in my brain rent free. So. <laughs> We all have those saves that we can just close our eyes and like we can feel ourselves making that save, especially those split glove saves. You can feel that puck, you know, just turn that <laughs> glove back a little bit. Those are the best. I don't know if I can feel it because at the time I had the TPS response glove and blocker and that glove could fit a <laughs> basketball in it. Yeah. It was absolutely cheating, but I just threw that boat of a of a catcher out there and and got something but well i just got new equipment in november for the first time in 21 years and i had the old vaughn t2000 legacy and like 
those gloves of the late nineties, early two thousands were huge. I remember when, when the, um, glove came in, our equipment guy was like, yeah, your new gloves in things got 18 wheels on it just to get it through the door. <laughs> so, you know, and, but yeah, I mean, it's just huge. And I played with that thing for 21 years. And that was one of my biggest worries was when I put this new smaller glove on how, you know, how many bucks are going to go by me because I just instinctively think I've got the glove in the right spot and they go by and, um, no more than usual, I'll say, which is quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What about you, Mike? What's the best uh, youth hockey memory? Yeah, I think um, there's a a particular tournament in, uh, in Faribault actually that I think about a lot um, where it was, it was a a big, big tournament had a lot of uh, production value. I remember one of the, the championship game, getting to skate on the ice and they had the whole fog machine out and like lights and everything. And it, and it was just a, it was a really cool tournament. Um, it was just like a lot of fun. Uh, ended up taking second place in that, in that tournament, which I actually found the medal for it pretty recently. Like at the bottom of my hockey bag, I was like, Holy crap. I can't believe this thing's still around. Um, also I, I clearly haven't cleaned out my hockey bag since 2006, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's the same one, which is also embarrassing. It's like the whole floor's fallen out and everything, but it's just, haven't it's, scored a goal since haven't scored a goal since, you know, uh, I actually don't, if I scored a goal during that game, I'd have been shook. Um, but yeah, and it, it's that. And then also just like all the times, like Josh was saying earlier, just skating on our grandma's lake. Like those, those moments, I have a lot of just really fond memories of, of skating out on the lake. Yeah. You know, not this last winter, but the winter before we, we did the backyard ice rink because of COVID. And mm-hmm. it was just so fun being out there with the kids. And like, I, I know that's just going to be one of those core memories they have, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it was worth all of the time and effort and flooding and all of that. Totally. Um, I, you know, part of me is go, when, before we moved to this house nine years ago, we lived at a house that had this pond behind them. and it was great. because so all you had to do was shovel. You didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. flooding or anything, but one of the neighbors, he had a plow on his four wheeler and he would plow the pond before he plowed his driveway and he would plow it. So it was like a full size rink. But he was also the local fire chief, so he would bring an auger home and oh, a pump, yeah. and he would get the water from underneath to flood it every so often. And it was just, like, great. And that was when I was teaching my kids to skate, and it was great because those early freezes when you can still see the fish swimming underneath, you know, trying to teach the kids how to skate, and they're, you know, face down trying <laughs> to see the little fish swimming below them. I'm like, come on, guys, grab the chair. I'm trying to teach you here, but... You know, yeah, those are the fun times outdoors where it's supposed to be. Um, So what is the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, directed at you, not directed at you? Mike's the chirp king between both of us. He will just think of something and text it to me. And Mike's always super, super random. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The best one I've heard... All the best ones I've ever heard have come from the TV show Letterkenny, obviously, because yeah. those are those are phenomenal. But um, <laughs> I just this this one is just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Mike, I think you need to go. Here. All right, I'll go. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, there's one that uh, that 
I've, I've used recently, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a fun one. Uh, it's, what did I say to the guy? It was a guy, he was, he's skating to the, the, the sin bin. And, uh, I said, uh, let me remember. I said, enjoy the terrarium, you knife footed ice gremlin or something like that. <laughs> um, that was a nice one, but always, and I talk way more as attendee than I do skating out. Um, I think See, when an, I'm, yeah, there's that guy, Nick, the goalie out of Vancouver, who his videos are funny. Yeah. And you know, some of my old friends are like, we could see you doing this. And I'm like, I don't talk when I'm in the net. Like everything's an inner monologue going on in my head. And you don't want to hear that. First of all, and they're like, well, when you do talk, where do you yell? And I was like, get the back door or, yeah. you know, I'm telling my defense when I'm ad man rush, whether I want him to take the pass or the shot. I was like, my my talk during the game isn't all that exciting. It's now what's going on in my head. That's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean I've always been a smaller guy, so I don't I most of my trash talk comes from the bench where I'm safe. Um, but man, <laughs> playing goalie, it's just like I can just kind of just talk as much uh, yeah. as, as I want because I'm like I, I got a bunch. I got five guys on the ice that are going to protect me. So yeah, it comes out a little more when I'm playing goalie. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember getting chirped a lot, you know, as, as a goalie. I remember one very specific game in Heritage where the other team's like f- fan base would switch ends on me just so they could, <laughs> you know, yell, yell sieve over the boards. Um, I didn't really, I, I do talk to myself a lot in goal and, and I get like a real heavy Canadian accent for some reason. Um, <laughs> but but it's all like if I ever say anything, it's just like, "Hey, bud, you know you're bad, right?" <laughs> like, just, <laughs> you know, like, "Oh, your coach knows you're out here." <laughs> like, just really, really subtle, subtle things. I don't know. Mike, Mike texted me the other day, and he goes, "I was at the face-off, and I told the guy I leaned in, and I go, I just had chilies before this." And then it's like, <laughs> I was just like, I don't even know what that means, but there, yeah, I, I was playing. It was uh, the fall league championship last year. And I actually had friends on the other team and I forget what we had for dinner, but it was not sitting well in my stomach. And it's like the end of the second period and the whistle blows and I just had gas. And my one teammate comes around the net and he's like, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? And then, so my friends on the other team, it's actually a husband and wife. They come by too. And they're like, come on, that's just ridiculous. Jesus. And like all three of them, like, cause the period ended or skating to our benches and the three of them are just yelling at me the whole time. Like, what is wrong with you? You have to take, and it's like better to get it out and not keep it in me guys, you know? True. Uh, and, but it was just yeah. funny. All three of them were just giving it to me because I had <laughs> gas. That's a different, uh, that's a different strategy. I might have to start coaching now, just chemical warfare at the crease. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, as a coach, you'll appreciate this one. When I was talking to David Hutchins from uh, Engol, he said uh, the best chirp he heard was one of his son's goalie coaches looked at him and said, you must be really good at dodgeball. <laughs> Ouch. That, that, yeah. one, that one stings a little bit. Yeah, it's like, oh, and you hear that from your goalie coach. And That's tough. Uh, when I was in college, I think it was my junior year because my, my uh, niece, she's – hard to think or believe, but she was just a baby when I went to college and now she's in her second year of law school. But 
we had the varsity game on a Friday night. And so I'm sitting with my mom and my dad and my niece behind the visiting goalie. And I'm teaching her. It's like, no, you know, the other team, when their goalie's here, you got to, you know, yell at them and, t- you know, be like, hey, goalie, you suck. And this and that. <laughs> next, next morning, we have our JV game and I'm playing and she's sitting behind me. And all of a sudden I hear her little voice between the crack and the, you know, the two panes of glass. It's like, hey, goalie, you suck. It's like, yeah, I deserve that, teaching her that one. I mean, that was probably the one chirp that, like, hit the heart the most because it was from, like, a two-year-old. And I taught her that one. But it's like, Jesus, I deserve that one. Mom and Dad dad thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's what you get for teaching her how to talk like that. Um, Yeah, so the next question, what's the worst post-game beer? you've had is oh man uh is there a worse i mean any beer is great after a game i don't think there's a bad one i would uh, i would have to agree with that um if if there's any bad post-game beer i would say it's just gonna be a type of beer i try to avoid avoid the heavy beers uh i think this is a pretty minnesotan response here but uh mick golden is just a classic post-game beer for me it is you know yeah if, I mean, if it's warm, that's kind of a bummer, but, like, a- any beer post-game feels so good. To, to me, the, the warm beer is probably the closest to a bad post-game beer, and that's typically my answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did have a new younger kid on the team that – well, it wasn't a new younger kid. It was when he finally turned 21, he brought the beer. Yep. And he brought a 12 – and I've shared this one on the podcast. I think it was a 12-pack <laughs> of – um, bush light and it was warm and we're like you've been around the team a while you can do yeah. that <laughs> and he's like well yeah it'll be good after the game we're like no it won't because we're not leaving you one for after the game and like all of us older guys <laughs> quick cracked one open and downed it before the game like you do not get a beer after the game because of the way you've acted so the next week he brought <laughs> Mick Golden and it was cold um, beautiful yeah in fact, my buddy Landon, who runs the Soda Stick um, apparel company, has a Mick Golden Pond Hockey t-shirt and hat and socks and stuff. It's just like, yeah, it's it's that Minnesota post-game beer. That's the that, one. That it, or it, Coors it, Light it, is yeah. what pe- what guys bring. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, which I, I'm a bit of a beer kind of sewer. And to me, those light cheap beers are probably the best ones right after the game because they are mostly water to begin with. So they're yep. nice and crisp and refreshing. And then when you get to the parking lot for the parking lot beers, that's when you can get <laughs> the, the IPAs and the yeah, Stouts yeah. and, yeah. you know, all those other ones. So it's like right after the game, those light beers are probably the best ones because mm-hmm. they're darn near water anyway. Yep. Um, so when you guys tape your goalie six, you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Heel to toe, baby. Okay, so you are in the majority. Um, had two different guests say if you go toe to heel, you're a psychopath. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with them on that level, but yeah, you're definitely. I will. I will make an addition, though. I also, I also do the the strip, you know, parallel underneath. Yes. You know, growing up in a frugal family, you had to put an extra strip of tape to just you know keep that stick durable. <laughs> A little bit longer. (laughs) That's how I knew it. That's how I know at some point in time you used a Christian goalie stick. 
His Persian Golden Stick <laughs> user started that because that heel would just absorb water and start to go like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> that that's the dead giveaway. You know, when you see a beer league goalie putting that strip on there, it's like, oh, so when did you use the Christian goalie stick? <laughs> they, they make them again, and I kind of want to buy one because I know they're not making them the same way. I want to see how good they are now without that fiberglass reinforced uh sleeve around it. I mean, that was the thing. It was that fi- at the time, the fiberglass reinforcement, because they lasted forever. It's just you had to put it in the vice grip every couple weeks to make the water heel. Out. Yeah. Um, so what is your favorite number to wear and why? Um, Mike, I want you to answer this because you're you're new to the goalie number scene here. I mean, I've – I. I have never really cared what number I've worn um, all throughout youth hockey. Uh, you know, oftentimes it's like you just get what you get. And I've never, yeah. never really cared that much. Um, but if I uh, have the choice, I, I pick two nine for, for flower. It's not a bad one. Um, yeah, it's a little I, non-traditional too. Not really though. I mean, for in the 80s and 90s, 29 was a very normal goalie number. It was usually the backup goalie that had it. Um, Which is fitting. But not all. Yeah, not all backups <laughs> had them, uh, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a good goalie number, though. Yeah, I, um, you know, and I some of the episodes, you know, you get some of the, 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 the classic answers of, you know, I had to wear this number because that's the only number – you know, in youth youth jerseys, you know, so like I, I, I've been the one, um, when I played, uh, midget a hockey in Peoria, um, I believe I was zero. Um, that was an option. Um, but, but when I hit high school and I could choose, I went, I went 32 right away. Um, and a little bit was, you know, I don't, I can't remember if it was, uh, if it was, um, Rolson that had 32 early on in the wild. Um, Cause I know for, I know Manny Fernandez was 35, but yeah. for some reason that 32, you know, Jonathan quick, you know, Backstrom, some of those guys that, that I really liked watching. Um, that was, that was just the number for me. So I'm, I'm big three, two over here. My first Blackhawks Jersey uh, I got, um, I was a squirt. So I, when I got it named and lettered, I got my last name on the back, and I chose 32 because at the time, Jimmy Waite was 29, Eddie Balfour was 30, and Dominic Hoshik was 31. So I was like, 32, I'll be the next goalie in line. Um, <laughs> and they traded Hoshik, and you know we, we know how that turned out. But I can't fault the Hawks at the time because you had Eddie Balfour, the Vesna-winning goal. I mean, they, they just could have gotten more for Hoshik, but nobody knew what he'd turn into. Mm-hmm. Um so the last question, what advice do you have for young goalies? <laughs> I feel like as a coach, I should be uh, on the ball here. Um, <laughs> it, truly, honestly, um, it's it's the advice that I give pretty much constantly. And we've already talked about it on this episode is, is control the things you can control. And, yep. and I kind of, I kind of try to change the mindset because control the things you can control at, at first glance, it seems like you're controlling things that are happening to you. But I always try to tell goalies to switch that mindset, change the things that you're doing. You know, you can control yourself. So 
go out and get extra practice, take more shots, do the morning run or morning bike, you know, don't let things happen to you. Also take control and, and do things for yourself. So that's, that's, you know, a lot of, a lot of my advice is just, you know, let things slide that, that happen to you, but also take, take your life in your own hands and, and go and, you know, make something of it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's super important. Uh, I'll, I'll hit a different one. I think um, just really enjoy and have fun. Like this is the most fun game. There's a reason why people play it their entire lives. Like mm-hmm. there's so many times where I'm focusing so much on improving and all these things. And, and I forget just how much fun the game is. And um, yeah, just like continue to enjoy it. Um, and there's so many times when you like, we've all, I think done things, done hobbies. And it's like, I don't really enjoy this anymore. Um, you know, the fun can get sucked out of things when you take stuff a little yeah. too seriously um, and you take yourself a little too seriously. Um, but yeah, if you can just continue to have fun and continue to enjoy the game, you'll be able to play it forever and, um, and get a lot out of it. That, that's a great point. And I think uh, I know for myself, when I remind myself that I'm out there to have fun, I wind up playing better. Just instinctively, I play better when I remind myself that I'm out here to have fun and it, it almost takes the pressure off, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the important question now is where can folks find you on social media so they can continue to follow you guys and uh, find out about new episodes? Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast is uh, on Spotify at uh, Pillow Talk by CWGA. Um, we also have a Facebook page. It's it's going to be under the same thing, Pillow Talk by CWGA. We're, we're probably most active on our Instagram um, again, Pillow Talk by CWGA, and all of those places have links to to listen to the episodes. We we do video episodes, so you can you can see our beautiful faces if you, if you choose. It's, it's sometimes not great, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think also uh, following Central Wisconsin Goalie Academy too, because um, Josh posts a lot of really good stuff. Uh, working with goalies and, and um, things that I get takeaways from all the time of just uh, little little tips and drills and all that kind of stuff is really good too. That's awesome. And, and I'll make sure to uh, link to them in the show notes too. Um, but guys, hey, it's it's been fun chatting with you. It's uh, fun to have two brothers on rather than just uh, one goalie. And uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It, was, it was joy. Thanks. As a parent, I love how close Mike and Josh are as brothers. The fact that they lean on each other when it comes to getting better as goalies is just awesome to me. Be sure to follow Pillow Talk by CWGA on Instagram at Pillow Talk by CWGA, no spaces. And follow Central Wisconsin Goalie Academy at the same name, no spaces again. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie, and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on the website. I mean, after all, Christmas is coming. Time to start shopping. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. 
Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many shows to list here, but shows like the 50 Years Ago in Hockey Podcast, the Chell Squared Podcast, and the Hockey Hacks Podcast can all be found. If you're looking for something good to read, get yourself a subscription to the Vintage Tendy Magazine. Published quarterly, the magazine takes a deep dive into an 80s and 90s era goalie. In the first five issues, they've covered Felix Potvin, Grant Fuhr, Tim Shevelday, Jocelyn Tebow, Ken Reggett, John Van Beesbrook, and episode 20 guest, mask painter Don Strauss. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on all my episodes. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. As always, I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And let's not forget, if you are a brand that wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. Be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Good news? Well, Dave, the pond?